fundraisers are leaders, even when they're leading up. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Vicki Pugh. Vicki is the Vice President for Philanthropic Giving at the Community Foundations of Palm Beach and Martin Counties in Southern Florida. And Vicki is a cherished member of our faculty here at the fundraising school. Vicki, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. And uh, I so enjoy when we have an opportunity to teach together uh, in the fundraising school's class, effective leadership, successful fundraising. And I know something you're passionate about is that first of all, fundraisers need to see themselves as the leaders who they are. Help us explain that viewpoint. I think no matter where you are in your organization, as a fundraising professional, you need to be a leader. You will most likely have a boss. You might be a boss. You might have a boss that's the vice president for philanthropic giving. You might have a boss that's the CEO. You might be the CEO. You have a boss that's the chairman of the board. But in all those positions, you are a leader. And to accomplish and be an effective employee, you have to be a leader because oftentimes you're going to have more fundraising experience and expertise, maybe even than the person that you lead up to. So leading up to me just means leading from within an organization, wherever you are, and learning how to be an effective leader in that position. Vicki, one of the themes in the course is transformational leadership, where the leader is focusing the team on the organization, on the organization's impact, on the organization's output and the organization's cause. Uh, it seems that fundraisers are already doing that. They're not fundraising for themselves. They're fundraising for the nonprofit and the nonprofit's impact. And as they do so, they're fundraising to bring the donor the joy of giving. So it sounds like, would you agree with this, that fundraisers already sort of have a leg up when it comes to being a leader? For sure. We do lead as we're out in the community meeting donors and developing relationships because we are already as you say, we're leaders of our organization and we represent our organization. I really like that phrase that we use in the Major Gifts course where we talk about being curious chameleons. I think that phrase is something you can adapt no matter where you are. If you are leading up within your organization or you're externally relating to potential donors, you know, how are you learning a little bit about them? How are you learning about their personality styles? Again, it can work with your leader or it can work with the donor. Are you really analyzing what makes them tick so that when you approach them, whether it's for a fundraising project or whether it's just to get to know them a little bit better, you are learning those things and you're using that to benefit your organization as you continue to fundraise. And as you fundraise again, as that curious chameleon, you're adapting. You're adapting, you know the room. You're using your empathy and emotional intelligence to really listen and observe the donor, to know what makes the donor's heartbeat tick and what they care most about. Again, this isn't it about you, it's about the organization's success and about the donor experiencing the joy of giving. And so now here you are as the Vice President of Philanthropic Giving. You have a team that reports to you, there are other vice presidents who you lead with and lead across the organization. And then you report up to the CEO and you also have relationships with members of the Community Foundation's Board of Directors. The team reporting to you, that's probably something a lot of people think is intuitive and there are skills associated with that. But we wanna to focus today on leading up. When fundraisers say, as you articulated so well, I don't have that top staff position. How do we lead up effectively in our organizations as fundraisers? 
I think the first advice I would give anybody who's leading up is to gain some leadership skills. I mean, no matter at what level you are, whether you're leading, you have similar skills, you have vision, and you are really adamant about that vision. You can lead others and bring others around you and develop trust in a team. You're interested in developing staff so that together you can make an impact on your organization. So all those great skills that we learn as leaders can be used wherever you are. You know, one thing I oftentimes talk about when teaching is how you learn about your leader. And I just alluded to that a little bit before is how you learn about your donor or your leader, very similar skills. Are you listening? Are you learning how they like to be approached? In the major gifts course with the fundraising school, we use the DISC inventory to start thinking about how we get to know our donors and their personality types. Are they the dominant type? Do they like how they like information presented to them? So I think when you're leading up to your superior or to your boss, you need to learn what makes them tick and what ticks them off. Those are just two simple context, concepts. Um, when I say that, I mean learning how they like to be approached, when they like to be approached, and doing your homework beforehand to make sure that when you are approaching them with a new idea, you may have to approach them with something that you failed at. Your team did not meet the mark. You did not meet your goal that year. How are you going to approach your boss to tell him or her that? In what manner will they receive that and be supportive of you? It's not something you learn in a day. It's something that you learn over time as you get to know your boss a little bit more. And again, what makes them tick and what ticks them off. I love how you sum, summarize it in that way. And, and we think about this from a technical standpoint and an understanding of the power that we do have, the so-called soft power that we have, we have information that the leader above us does not have. It could be information about a donor and our donor database, information about trends in charitable giving that I learned from the fundraising school and a Giving USA report and other studies. We also can lead up with our expertise that we know techniques associated with cultivating a donor relationship or writing a grant proposal to the community foundation and so forth. And we also have referent power. And that means everybody on the team, including our leader, sees us as a team player, that we've earned the right, we have that credibility, we show up on time, we follow through. And so when we make a recommendation leading up, it's not about us. We're not trying to lead an argument. Again, it's about the success of the organization. And Vicki, one thing I enjoy about teaching with you is you agree with all that. And then you bring in this other side about understanding the leader's communication style. So, you know, help us understand from your perspective, as you lead your team, how do you like the team to communicate with you? And either in your present or other situations you've had, how have you had to adapt that maybe the leader has a different communication style and, uh, as you've had to communicate and, and lead up? I love doing some personality profiling with my staff. I've done that probably almost every organization I've worked with. It's great to know a little bit about them and kind of what motivates them, what kinds of things they like. I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. The team that I supervise right now, we have about three or four people that are very process and data oriented. And I like that because I'm not. I'm more of a, a visionary, a motivator, an encourager. And so when you know a little bit about the personalities of your staff, even of your leader, then again, you know how to approach them. Or if they respond in a certain way that surprises you, you may not be so surprised. You might take a step back and say, oh, they are, they are responding that way because they might be up in the disk inventory of C personality. They might want more data, more research. 
uh, before they make their decisions and their opinions. So I think first I would say get to know your staff and what kind of makes them, makes, motivates them, you know, makes them do the job that they do um, so that you can, you can lead them better. So being a, I think that was, um, I think I answered your question there, didn't I? And then also same thing when you're leading up, right? You're, you're understanding how that leader wants to be communicated to. Do they like data and bullet points? Do they like longer stories? Do they like to meet in person? Uh, all these types of things we need to be aware of as we are in relationship with our leader. I can give you another great example. I had a, a leader recently that um, I would go into a meeting and we kind of go through a list, right? A list of things that we needed to talk about, whether it's something that was on the horizon, whether it's something that needs some immediate action. Um, he also had a list too. And oftentimes I would go into the meeting, he would go through his list, an hour would be up, he had another meeting, I had another meeting, I would leave and guess what, my list was left unattended. And I realized after a few meetings that I'm not managing this correctly, I'm really not leading up. I'm not leading up at all. And so what I ended up doing um, after talking to a few people on my team, how can we make this meeting more effective? They said, you know, what about an agenda beforehand? Very simple. So in, after that, every time I had a meeting with this person, with my boss, I would put together an agenda. Sounds silly, easy to do ahead of time. A couple of days, I would email him and say, we have a meeting coming up. Here are some agenda items I would like to get through. Would you like to add something to agenda? He would add a couple of things to the agenda. I'd print it off. This was a very visual learner, so he liked to have paper. I'd print that agenda off. When I'd go into a meeting, we'd sit down. He loved it. He'd go point by point through the agenda. So that was just something after a few meetings I learned to do to lead up, and it was really successful for meetings henceforth. And that came from understanding his preferred communication style and time management style. Uh, and again, fundraisers, just as you're ethically and appropriately adapting to the donor, the donor's passions and interests and values and communication style, again, ethically and appropriately, we're doing that with the folks who lead us as we lead up. And fundraisers, you are leaders, uh, which is why the fundraising school has the certificate in fundraising leadership. And Vicki Pugh is one of our faculty members in that certificate program. There are four different courses, including the one we've been discussing today, to earn that CFRL. Now, uh, here we are at the fundraising school, more open than ever before. Courses are in person, uh, and as health codes and uh, you know policy uh, dictates allow us to do so, we're being more in person more often across the United States. And you can still attend those in-person courses with a crisis response scholarship. Now, the scholarship also can be used for our online courses. Some of those are recorded, some of those are live, all of them are listed on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You'll also find these podcasts for free archived on our website. You'll learn about our quarterly webinars and our feature Fridays with the fundraising school. Again, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. With Vicki Pugh, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.